hey, um, just a quick, quick in the front end. Jesus cannot be with us today because he was on a camping trip and tried to fuck a hole in the ground. It was actually a bed of fire ants. So he is in the hospital. We're all praying for him. Well, that, that's not what I heard. What did you hear? I, I heard that um, he had to go pull a, a double shift at the dick-sucking factory where he works. Well, I don't know where you heard that, but that's not what I heard. What did you hear? Well, I heard that we, uh, you know, I mean, you were there. We made the decision that we're no longer a Christian podcast. We do not have Jesus on our side anymore. Huh. <laughs> Hi guys, this is Jesus. Welcome to episode 11 of the Mugwumps podcast. I'd like to start this off by asking the room, would you rather cook a dog or eat a dog? Rather eat a dog. That's that, Okay, no, that's why he actually got in trouble. He's going to be here. <laughs> because he, he cooked he and cooked ate the dog. dog. Yeah. So you can't, he was supposed to choose. You can't do both. You gotta do one or the other. <laughs> Listen, if someone hands... Well, I'm not gonna waste food. Yeah, if someone hands me a sandwich like this is dog meat, I'm not gonna like it, but, like, I would eat it way before I would, I would take, like, take a dog and, like, prepare it for cooking. Because by the time it gets to me, it probably doesn't look like a dog much anymore. It definitely doesn't. It would look more like Kung Pao chicken. Yeah. But every time you take a bite, it's like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, don't go... Don't Come do that on. way. That's awful. That's awful. I hate when you kill wolves in video games. Like, oh. <laughs> I love it. We grew up in a very box of puppies community yeah. where you can just find a box of young dogs on the side of the road and take as many as you want. And I think that's the real shame is that nobody takes them all. Yeah. yeah. I, learned, I learned a harsh lesson when uh, my cousin... Their dog had puppies, and it was the first time I was ever aware that you give you give the puppies away and you give them to different people. Because somebody came by to pick up one of them and not both of them, and also was like, "But you you send them away? That's their mom." And they were like, "They don't they don't care about that. They're dogs. They don't think about it that way. Like she might be sad for a minute, but then she's gonna start thinking about how she's hungry, and she's just gonna start like leave their mind." And it, I was fucked up for like a few days. <laughs> Titular so. cousin of the podcast, Mike Hawk. <laughs> right the the all, all of we all have one cousin <laughs> you actually are a, a great a great fan of this cousin i really am you know mike <laughs> hawk is probably the largest and most virile being i've ever met girthy girthy fellow girthy indeed but you know that's mostly the southern obesity well you know i mean mike hawk has really been there for all of us but I think his husband, Mike Hunt, is really the star of the show. You would, you would like Mike Hunt more than Mike Hawk. <laughs> Mike Hunt is the popular one. <laughs> everyone, everyone wants to see pictures of Mike Hunt. No one ever wants to see pictures of Mike Hawk. And that's what he needs to understand is that he's hard to make presentable. Mugwumps, episode 11. Bill taking the place of Jesus. New regular of the podcast, Bill, cool cigarette smoking guy, would like to introduce the question in storytelling, cinema specifically, what are your biggest hangups? What? what? What do you not like in movies? Let me give my example. That'll help. At the time that I saw Prometheus, 
I had only ever seen Alien. I had not seen Aliens, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection. I had seen Alien vs. Predator, but that's a whole different bag of snakes. Prometheus, I feel like, spit in my face as a, a viewer at the advent of their sci-fi journey by saying one good thing in that whole movie, which was, I fucking love rocks. The rest of it was just absolute garbage. I mean, you take Alien, and you've got this great buildup of suspense, uh, a monster that you don't really even see or know fully until the end of the movie when you get right. the funny guy in the suit in the escape shuttle. Right. And Prometheus said, hey, what if, what if, now, now, hear me out here. What if this guy fell down a waterfall and created humanity? Is that what that's about? I'm pretty sure that's what that's about. That's well, what I got also from. brought fire to humanity and then that was no bueno. See, my, my thing is, how can you have fire without humanity? Well, the gods had fire. But what gods were they? They created humanity. It was just, just this stupid idiot that fell down a waterfall. You're, okay, you're talking about, yeah. Is that really, like, for me, this is about someone creating humanity? Yeah. Is it the, that's, big, is that's, the big white guy? So, the big white guy, at the very beginning of the movie, he falls down the waterfall and, like, disintegrates into particles <laughs> And then you just jump cut into, I fucking love rocks. <laughs> and that was the best part of the movie. Guy probably liked rocks. That does sound pretty good. He really did like rocks. <laughs> but, I mean, cinematically speaking, what's a movie that you guys have seen that you feel like you just got spit in your face when you tried to really appreciate it? Uh, Texas Chainsaw 3. Ooh. I hate that movie so much. I am a huge fan of the first one. Anybody who has ever listened to me speak for like a moment is probably, yeah, yeah, I know you know. Uh, <laughs> but it's a movie that really has something to it. There's, um, there's this nasty sort of undercurrent of we're all meat and we're all meat for the slaughter and sort of this... Um, dehumanizing of the body in a way you know vietnam it's it's about vietnam yes and then but i i the thing that sticks out to me is that no other movie except maybe the second one which was by the same director um has quite the same understanding of what leatherface's deal is he's a scared little boy in like a giant monster's body basically and you know i mean he's abused on screen you know it's not like this isn't like uh hidden themes or anything but i really hate watching a movie where like they take um something that has a genuinely frightening monster because it's sort of sympathetic you kind of get what's going on and it's sort of this like inevitable train wreck right and then the the, the third movie in this series he's just like a, a weird rape monster that sucks ass. Has a daughter. He he has a daughter. He's uh incredibly like vicious. It's like it's like what like like a junkyard dog instead of like a a frightened child. So you think Boo Radley? Oh, 
<laughs> that um Leatherface is kind of like a Boo Radley figure. Well, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. A little bit more so, yeah. He's scary. He's mm. scary. He's scary. If he saw like a little girl in a ham costume, like I don't like her chances of <laughs> making it out. Well, I mean, well, it's, it's she's she's kind of asking for it at that point. Oh, come on, you go you go on Leatherface right. in a ham costume. Okay. Shit. Okay. Well, I think I've said enough about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> I I am a big dumb doofus, and I like. Most movies I watch. True. Um, I will say that I, other than, I mean, I hate the fucking, like, Alvin the Chipmunks is the first movie I ever watched that I was like, this is fucking ass. I fucking hate this movie. I thought about bringing that up. Do you know what the up, first but... movie for me was for that? What? Hmm. The uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation movie. That's fair. <laughs> That's because I was obsessed with the first one as a child. Right. And then I watched the second one and I was like, I, I think those were like, oh, movies can also be not good. <laughs> I Speaking do, of the new one that came out a couple of years ago, also is awful. Was I, that the uh, fan made? No, it was the real one that came it's out. The but real it, one, it, a studio it, paid money to make it. It feels it feels kind of fan made. It, this also answers from, your question about what annoys me in movies is when it feels like the whole movie is just like a setup for a sequel because they're because they're like you, Raiden shows up and he's like. You have to go do a tournament to save Earth Realm, and then they don't even do the tournament in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's all—it's preliminaries. Shang Tsung decides that if he kills everyone before the tournament starts, then the tournament can never happen, and he wins. So basically, they fight a tournament. Like all the good guys fight the bad guys in tournament matches. It's just they haven't done the tournament yet because we gotta ha- we gotta have that sequel. And they're also like they had to like make up some weird plot contrivance or why like. People can throw fireballs and whatnot. Yeah, you if you you're born with the Mortal Kombat gene, and <laughs> you have a, you have the Mortal Kombat uh, birthmark on your body, and if someone kills you, they get the Mortal Kombat birthmark. And you get a special power. Jax gets his arms ripped off, and then they give him little like stubby robot arms, just like little <laughs> baby arms. And he's so he's so mad the entire movie. He's he's full, so full of self loathing, and then he gets the Mortal Kombat gene, and he gets big robot arms. Because everybody knows that robots grow from anger. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 it it, it really feels. It like makes you're me feel born like, into the mortal, yeah. but you learn the combat. Yeah, it and makes no, me feel like like one of those like people who are like just super like make their whole personality mad about Star Wars. It's, it, That's yeah, my one movie I'm allowed to be that way about. You're mad because with the lore. I understand. Yeah, they that. don't care about the lore of well, Mortal Kombat. It's really funny, like like stuff like. Kano's robot eye being a a natural mutation that comes from the Mortal Kombat. He has Cyclops gene. powers. He does, yeah, but in, just in the one eye that gets all metal. Mine is I I do get, and this I don't know if this is like a fun answer. I'm, I might just being annoying, but like I get bothered when it's like a like you know Northern City Slick is driving down through the South and they get you know they get killed by like like go to a town that's like. Like like murder rednecks or like the cops or whatever because like that happens but not to crackers. You don't like <laughs> oh man like We're all specifically all these maniacs. Y'all well no there's a few there's, like yeah, this but, that... but it's like. We're from the normal place and now we're driving through Georgia and they don't <laughs> like us because we're from the north. I don't. I mean we don't we don't like you because you're condescending. 
But we're all like, it's like, there are towns, especially back then when these movies were made, like, there are towns that if you drove through them while, while black, like, that would 100% happen to you. We live in Absolutely. one. I was about to say, we <laughs> live in one. And, you know, the truth is, I I think Deliverance is the titular example there. Yeah. Where yeah. it's, you know, oh, you don't want to be here. But then the one guy plays banjo with the kid, and why was everything not just okay after that? That's what I, I saw that scene, like, well, don't they, we've... We've basically built a bridge of a fellowship between the two people, so I don't know why you still want to rape them. Yeah. As someone who has also read the book, I believe that it is a different set of rednecks. Oh, there are good rednecks and bad rednecks? Oh, okay, so the banjo yeah. like rednecks were okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like, like they. I, I think they even warned them. They're like, hey, y'all don't want to, y'all don't want to fuck around down there. <laughs> I've never um, seen the movie. I've seen bits and pieces. Interesting thing about that. Um, I, uh, I, 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 I had to read Deliverance twice in college because uh, I took like a Southern Studies class and then like a horror and class. A man rape class. A man rape class. Well, see, that was the thing um, that the, uh, the professor, um, he taught the book twice. I had him twice. Um, he talked about he had shown, I think the movie's called Mandingo. <laughs> Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's it's yeah. There's a we violent any, we got rape. Any Mandingo like, fans in the house. Like like there's a violent rape. Is you know anybody who's familiar with that term? Uh, that's a part of the movie. And he said the interesting thing was he showed that movie and no one was like too bothered by it. I mean it's uncomfortable, but like not so bad. People freaked out at the deliverance rape scene. <laughs> Like something about it being like a man being anally raped was like that's the that's the the line in the sand for well, people. Says a lot about society. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting that that's what yeah. like set so many people off. Didn't that movie fuck someone up? Like, like the Reynolds get like fucked up like doing a scene or whatever. Like Wizard of Oz when they code the Tin Man on asbestos. I don't know. like get, fucked up psychologically or well, physically. Got hurt. Like got hurt. I don't yeah. know. Probably. I think. I think I may have heard he like hurt himself doing like canoes or whatever. I don't know. But well, you know. I, so fact checking right here. Mandingo was indeed a movie released nineteen seventy five. Yes. And you're talking about a uh, period piece. Yes. Almost. Mm-hmm. You know. And when you look at the seventies, you've got a lot of pieces like that. Like look at the movie Boss Fella. <laughs> right. I mean, the seventies were a time when you. It, it felt a little more okay in Hollywood to portray these things as yeah. the chalkies see it. Well, it's like, I, I was, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, actually, but one of the big things I think, like, it's easy to get lost now that, like, back then, just to to acknowledge racism at all was progressive. Like, to acknowledge that it's a thing and it's a problem, even if it's mm-hmm. some of the stuff that now we we think is kind of yikers, which some people go... I don't anyway, but like even even to acknowledge it and be like, you ever noticed how like cops treat black people bad? Like that was a that was a big thing, even when you're if you're doing it back then in a way that like would come off as racist now. Mm-hmm. But I think what like the sixties and seventies so so like so much of so much like movies and stuff were like, really good, but also very like a lot of it was very like like sleazy and sexual because it's like it's like it's almost like a like a you know a kid that comes up Catholic or in like a 
a religious school when they get a little bit of freedom. Mm-hmm. They just go crazy with it. It's like for like we can finally like acknowledge sex at all in movies. Right. And we can acknowledge all these things, all this stuff that we just were not allowed to talk about in any in any outward way. Like we yeah. have you have to be real real slide it in real sly about it. Now we can just be like, here is breasts <laughs> in a movie. Well, two things about that. Like one, that's kind of part of why the seventies are one of my favorite like decades of especially horror movies. They got real nasty in that era. But two, I actually said in the car on the way here that I really want to talk about how horror movies need to get hornier, at least nowadays, because <laughs> like they you know, that's just like part of the the human condition. <laughs> yeah. It is it's a funny thing about like Hellraiser that like the the first movie was good and the rest of them were terrible. Two is good. I like two. I haven't, I haven't gotten as far two, as two. Two is very good. The rest are really bad. Yeah, but, you're not missing out on the rest, but two but, is pretty uh, good. <laughs> the like these thing these beings are supposed to be like the ultimate the ultimate like pleasure and pain over, but because it is a horror movie from the nineteen eighties, mostly pain. Mm-hmm. Like like ninety percent pain. It's not like like there's the pleasure part of it is just to like like I don't know, you might like it if I kind of hug your nuts off with a hook because <laughs> you're fucked up. And not like fifty percent blowing you and fifty percent like slapping you on the cheeks. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of stuff like that, like it's you can only go it's I don't know, it's this is not a new thing to say that America is has fucked up as far as like we can like sex is only good up to a point, but you can be as violent as you fucking want to be. Like violence doesn't even ring any bells anymore. Back in the nineties, like Mortal Kombat and even like Batman Returns and shit, parent like a huge parent concern was violence. I think so violent, but like they lost. Yeah, they hardcore because hard. nobody gives a shit. Like nah. kids play Mortal Kombat, kids kids play fucking whatever. Like parents don't care. I'm not even saying they should care, but like it's like we just don't care about violence anymore. It's not it's not on our radar really at all. But sex is still a like a thing that's really very and even almost kind of getting worse in in, in ways like lately. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like show like show pussy to kids, but like you can you can like blow somebody's head off and get it get it past like way easier than like a booby yeah yeah and it's been that way for a long time those things when i when i bought the friday 13th movies my dad i I wasn't old enough to like buy them myself yet dad bought them for me he's like you know son uh these things got a lot of got a lot of breasts in it are you okay and it's like yes also has like like disembowelments and shit like yeah (laughs) he smacks a woman against a tree in a sleeping bag (laughs) like it's just it's one of those things that everyone knows about, everyone talks about, but like it, it remains a thing and it kind of boggles the senses. Mm-hmm. But it's, and that's what's funny to me because you talk about movies and it's very strongly visual. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're seeing the titties, you're seeing the murder. In 2008, 2009, roughly, when I was a, you know, a, a, pr- a tween, yeah, as you call it, eighth, ninth the, grade, the first compact disc that I ever bought and owned with my own money was Queen. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about somebody that's, you know, fat bottom girls and all that, and you're so, yeah. so macho, so masculine, then turned out to be gay, died from AIDS less than a week later. 
right. mean, you're gonna let your kids buy that just right out the gate. No questions right. asked. This is on nobody, the radio. Nobody's carding anybody on that. Yeah. It's, it's Bohemian Rhapsody. Everybody loves it. But then it's, you know, heterosex in a movie, softcore. You don't even see it on camera, and it's it's R rated. Well, you're seeing a lot of that sort of, you know, like I, I keep up with like book stuff a lot in the news. Of course, I do. Um, and there's been this strong movement of. I, I I keep seeing like um these like book banning committees coming into like the town halls and stuff, and one of the things that I keep seeing is I, they they get so fucking angry about like there'll be a book where like two boys hold hands or whatever you know Moonlight. like this disgusting smut, but a lot of the like you think that's disgusting smut? I I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Totally derailed my thought train. No, I um, but you know, like then a lot of the like defenders are saying, you know, like, well, this book has some pretty intense violence in it. This one has a sex scene between a man and a woman. Like, there's like all of these things, and like, it's like, I mean, sometimes they also go after the, like the heterosexual sex scenes as well. But like, parents are so weird and choosy about what they actually care about their kids watching or seeing or listening to and i just really don't understand it here's the thing about like, censorship a, mm -hmm. is that everyone I, I i think everyone if you push far enough thinks that there is at least something that should that you should like not exactly censor but like kids shouldn't see this or whatever and like mm -hmm. censorship rules basically 100 of the time just end up used as a cudgel by People mm -hmm. want to get rid of what they don't like. Absolutely. And yeah. you kind of have to have a pretty firm bulwark stance of like, I'm just, I'm just against it. Yeah, and absolutely. I, and I think that's the funniest thing because when Fifty Shades of Grey, yeah. one of the most pop culture titular smut rags mm -hmm. that have come out in our adult lifetime, I was dating a girl at the, at the time who had a very Christian mother mm -hmm. who threatened me with a gun. Literally, oh my God. The Why aren't first... you doing these things to my daughter? Well, no, hang on, hang on. We're jump cutting there. But the first time I ever walked into her parents' home, she literally pulled a revolver out of the bread box and pointed it at me and said, "If you ever harm my daughter, this is what I will use on you." That's fucked up. That's... Bread's supposed to go in there. Exactly. That's where the bread goes. The gunpowder ruins it. But. <laughs> That same Christian mother who threatened me with a firearm took all of her daughters to a release viewing of Fifty Shades of Grey oh my God. and handed out Kegel weights <laughs> for them to all insert and go into the movie theater to watch this flick what? together in a very erotic way. It, ritualistic family group <laughs> masturbation? <laughs> At the Coleman AMC? At the Coleman AMC. Oh my god. Well, you know, I thought there might be something wrong with her when she pulled a gun, but I think there might be something wrong with her. The gun was the most normal thing she did to me. <laughs> I want to ask who this is so bad, but maybe you, not on the... You would not know the I name. I would not know the name. And I okay. will not out this woman. That's fair. God totally bless fair. her, as I'm sure she believes he does. 
moving on to the next topic <laughs> in smut in cinema, who is your favorite James Bond actor? Mine being George Lazenby. Lazenby's not only, good. I like Lazenby. Yeah, not only the youngest Bond, featured only in Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was the, I believe canonically, the last Bond. No. In that movie, he is like ready to get out and then the female lead gets killed, and he's like, they just keep pulling me back in. Well, but he is genuinely heartbroken. It's the same Bond. People, I don't understand why people act like, you know, James Bond, the, James Bond is a code name they give to people, because it has it's had different actors. But, like, if you watch the movies, it's the same James Bond. It has a continuity. He, he's definitely until, meant to be the same And then as the Connery. Daniel Craig movies is the reboot. Yes. See, um... He gets married and Blofeld kills his wife, and that comes up every once in a while. Like after that, like they like, like you know George Lazenby, it's it's Connery Lazenby and then Connery for one more, and then and at the end of Madrid's Secret uh, Service, his wife more. his the his wife is murdered. Spoilers for a six year old movie, and then like and and then in Diamonds Are Forever, like the first like the opening scene of it is James Bond like going on like a like a rampage. To get re- like revenge on the person who killed his wife, right? It's two different actors with the same character, right? It it right. comes up. Um, I want to say real quick. I think a lot of what I was just talking about has to do with nobody wants to talk to their kids about sex. Which, to be fair, I wouldn't either. You can't do anything about that. Anyway, mm. that's a it, it's a very complicated question because when I think James Bond, I think the nineties guy, I think, uh, what's his name? Pierce Brosnan. I think Brosnan because Brosnan's my favorite. He was Bond when I was a kid. So when I think James Bond, I think like cutouts at the video store. And I think Brosnan, my favorite movies used to be the ones from like the seventies. I really liked, uh, Roger Moore. I really liked more. I hate to say this because it's it's almost like my favorite band is the Beatles, but like Connery <laughs> is kind of my favorite Bond. I think Sean, like all of the all the slings and arrows that you can throw against the Connery, like the the James Bond character of being like an unrealistic, like misogynistic male power fantasy, which is kind of overblown if I'm being honest. But Sean Connery has this kind of roguish working man vibe to him that makes it work for me. It's like he feels like at the end of that he's a normal guy and he's just very charming and he's kind of got that like oh you know my boss is mad at me at work again <laughs> like kind of vibe to him that like like Roger Moore is a psychopath he yes yeah Roger like, like live and let die is he's he is he's completely unhinged in that movie yeah the way he treats that that black lady he's with for like the first half of the movie is is unreal (laughs) it's it's crazy but like sean connery just like he never feels like this unrealistic like killing machine like he feels like a guy that has a job that just he's like what if you sent the real life sean connery out to do missions (laughs) right yeah and And he just wanted to vacation in the caribbean the whole time and roger moore is the guy that like like pushes people off buildings and treats women really badly and is just completely aloof and emotionless and like <laughs> well pip pip cheerio about the whole thing who's your favorite as if you give a shit <laughs> i was actually gonna say i'm sorry y'all i'm i'm not i'm not a huge bond fan can i just say grace jones I mean, I love her she in that movie. Favorite, we can do favorite Bond girl, and you can say Grace Jones. We okay. could do favorite Bond theme. 
Okay. Chris Cornell did a great one. Which one is Daniel that? Daniel is going to like to hear you say that. That's his favorite. Oh, it that's a good right. One. It's I the believe. Casino Royale one. Yeah, yeah. yeah Casino Royale. No, there's two Casino Royales. We don't want to get people confused. The no, well, no, there's not two Casino yes, there Royales. Is. Are there? Yes. Was it? It, is not, it is not. It is not main series. series. It's not main series, but there was a '60s Casino Royale adaptation. He didn't like it. I kind of. I did. I cannot stand. It. There's one scene in there that I really like. I was not aware of it because you know Casino Royale is canonically the first Bond yes. story. Yes, there are there are two ancillary Bond films that aren't main series. It's Casino Royale, Royale from the sixties, which is a like a weird like Peter Sellers ass comedy. It's a, it, it's a parody of James Bond, where the parody of James Bond is what if James Bond was boring. <laughs> Um, there's a really good bit with Orson Welles in it, who plays a like. What he's like a he's like he's, a, a he's the chief. He's the chief. He's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. Yes. Yeah. Orson Welles in it. He's really good. There is also what is it? It's like it's like never die again forever. Never What's, say never again. Never say never again. It's from we, the eighties. We need to watch it. It is yes. We need to watch it. It's Thunderball. Okay. And the 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 thing is that someone had the rights to remake Thunderball, and they brought Connery back in the eighties, the same year Octopussy came out. Oh no. But the thing that bugs me about that movie is that like you have this opportunity to take old man Sean Connery James Bond and do something with it. You could have done like the Logan of James Bond or whatever. And basically it's just, hey, we have Bond too. Look, we got the old guy. Like <laughs> he acts like he's 30 the whole time and he is clearly like a 60 year old man and it just doesn't comment on it. It's it's literally just, I want that Bond money, baby. That <laughs> feels a lot like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which was a childhood favorite of but that's mine. what his that was his last movie league really? of extraordinary gentlemen is a is a five-star catch it on tv in the afternoon movie absolutely i've never seen it it's I good s- i've seen the uh the avengers the <laughs> 1998 british uh he's in that isn't he i don't is he in that i don't know i watched it like i don't know that was an old british tv that show, was right the, yes it's not amazing it was to compete with the A team, wasn't it? Which Sean Connery was also face. Is that no. not a bad fact? No, no, Connery was not in the A team. <laughs> you think of Mr. T. I don't even know. Who oh, it's <laughs> such an easy. If you're talking confusion. about the A team movie with Liam Neeson that came Connery. out in 2008, Connery oh, with uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey. Is he in that? No, Bradley Cooper. I'm sorry. Connery was in. <laughs> Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson's in that movie, isn't he? He is. He's face. What a fascinating career. He loves it when a plan comes together. <laughs> he loves it when a plan comes together. He was Schindler. Uh, he was Face. Uh, my mom always talks about, apparently Lisa, Liam Neeson's like wife died or something, and then he just started taking any acting role because he just wants to keep himself busy. Mm. I would, too. He was yeah. Obi-Wan. No, he, he Obi-Wan. was Qui-Gon. My bad. Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon. Thank you. Uh, I don't Boba know what Fett. the best Bond theme is. People don't like the... Um, <laughs> What's his name? The guy from the White Stripes, Jack White. Oh yeah, I, like that, the, I like that one. What was the end? What was the movie that Quantum he did? Of, the Quantum of Solace. Was that Quantum of Solace? It's, um, it's. I like it. I, I think it's a good song. Daniel, I was surprised Daniel didn't like it very much. Controversial opinion. I have a great respect for Jack White as a musician. Sure, but hate his music. Mm-hmm. I don't like listening to it. I think the White Stripes are fine. But it's not something that I would put on to enjoy. I can't say I'm familiar with any of his non-white stripe or the the white stripe. The white he stripes. Let, the he let everyone think he fucked his sister. Yeah, yeah what which was is that about? That was a good bit. Hugely comedic. That was a good bit. It was very funny. <laughs> I would probably do the same thing. Yeah. Well, what's your what's your favorite Bond movie? 
uh, uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 like, I like Telly Salamis. I like that movie. Yeah, I do I, too. I do very much. As far as old Bond movies go, that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. I love the themes that are brought up in it. I love the feelings and the emotion that are shown by George Lazenby as that character that weren't shown from Connery because it was oh. just a, a very different portrayal of that character. But I will say the Daniel Craig movies are a lot of fun. I think they're a a honest representation of that character in the modern era. I haven't seen the last one of those. Uh, yeah, I haven't weird. either. I've I've, I've seen all of them except. I have the last also one. haven't seen uh, Spectre either. Spectre was. I had Spectre spoiled that, for that me. That was the one during the writers' strike, wasn't no, it? That's no, that's Quantum of Solace. Okay, yeah, Quantum of Solace felt really mess. flat. As that's far why it's a huge as, mess. Yeah, like the the. Uh, portrayal of Blofeld coming out as the main villain and you got all that Dr. Evil, Mr. Bigglesworth. Yeah. But then it's just written so flatly. Yeah. And they just blow up that whole facility and he's like, mark, 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 mark. I'm going to be a dentist. I'm I was go watching to a video essay on about Austin Powers and they spoiled like the twist of Spectre for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Spectre, when I was sitting there watching Spectre, which by the way, Spectre opens with, with tentacle pornography. Well, that's, it that's really the does, opening yeah. song, like Hell yeah. music video thing. But um, I, uh, I, I, sitting through Spectre's like, wow, I really like this. I'm really liking this. And then the minute I stepped out of the theaters, the first time I was ever like, it was kind of ass. That was just kind of like, it's not even bad. It's just very bland. I think like they try to do like lore stuff. They try to like, we're going to bring Spectre back. We're going to do like, we're going to like MCU this shit. <laughs> And it that just doesn't work for James Bond. I don't think it could. I don't know if it, I don't know if in that way. Batista's in it. That's cool. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, but my favorite Bond song. Uh, you know, you hate to be this. I think Gold Goldfinger is probably the best. I I Goldfinger. Re- I really like the the spy who the spy who loved that's, me. Yeah, one. that's my favorite. I like that one a lot. My favorite movie used to be, um. Live and Let Die because it was it was it's like the scary one. It's got like Baron Samedi and all the voodoo stuff. It's also the racist one. Yes. Yeah. I do have a I, I think I, I think that's like um God, you just said it. The spy who loved me. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably my actual favorite, but I do have a soft spot for Live and Let Die. I feel weird saying that one because it's like a radio hit. Like it's yeah. it's it's like a real song and not just a Bond it's song. It's a real song well, and then it awkwardly like fits the title of the movie into and, it. Yeah. And, I, and I hate Wing. You hate Wings? Wings. 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 and Wings. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I love Wing, the uh, Asian singer who covers many top 100 hits. Right. Yeah. But I do not like Wings featuring Paul McCartney. That's fair. I like that their one good song is like three songs to put together. Goldfinger's See? pretty good. I like Goldfinger. Um, I think my favorite movie might be not Diamonds Forever. It's oh, uh, the the Japanese one. Oh, um, uh, you only live twice. You only yeah, yeah, you only live twice. That's a good song too. I have that poster. You no, do I have the Diamonds of Forever. You have Diamonds Forever poster. Diamonds Forever is kind of boring, but I really like. I uh, like the I like the chase that's the police chase in that movie you only live twice feels like the most when you like james bond in your head because it's you know blofeld is in it and he looks like dr evil he's donald pleasance and he's got the he's got the big like volcano island base (laughs) and he presses the button and drops people down in a pit and like james bond goes to like the you know exotic you know japan and is all the japan stuff he does 
dress up like a Japanese man at a point. But honestly, you know, if that's as racist as it got back then, Dr. No can be kind of racist. Yeah. <laughs> and to, like Live and Let Die. Yeah. And Thunderball. Well, Live and Let Die is the same. Let's just write them all off. Yeah. Yeah. Just go ahead and name every James point, Bond movie from the first one to the most recent one. And you've definitely got I want some my exhibits. favorite. One of our listens, listeners to look up the book Live and Let Die and give a quick read of the chapter titles. Go ahead. I also want our listeners to look up the song by Paul McCartney, Temporary Secretary. That, movie's, that song's and awesome. Suffer. That as song's I awesome. Have. That song is one of the worst things I've ever heard. He was experimenting. He was experimenting <laughs> with drugs. So and experimenting that was the with, problem. Experimenting with with bad music. I actually I like the I I feel like the na 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 na. That's fine. But every time I listen to that song, like they just like pop 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 like like being in a sand crawler overnight. What <laughs> <laughs> soundscape that he creates. Always takes me off guard. I have James Bond takes. <laughs> Let's talk do. about it. Let's go. All right, my favorite movie. We got. It's a toss-up between Goldeneye and Casino Royale. You're the only one taking the modern stuff. That's interesting. I love Goldeneye. It's a perfect movie. Simply, Pierce Brosnan's one of uh, history's greatest actors. That's true. I love Pierce. I love Brosnan. him in Lawnmower Man. I haven't seen that. I need, to, I need to see Lawnmower Man yeah. really bad. Everybody needs to see Lawnmower Man he, he, and suffer as He was I in have. the better Thomas Crown Affair movie. Was Pierce Brosnan the, the boyfriend in Mrs. Doubtfire? Was yes. that Timothy Dalton? No, it was Pierce Brosnan. Timothy Dalton is in no The bones. Rocketeer. I believe he's also in Penny Dreadful. He if is? I, yeah. Okay. Nobody's favorite Bond is Timothy Dalton. I oh. like Timothy Dalton. I liked him okay. He only gets two, right? Yeah. He got fucked over, didn't he? He did. Because he was super buff, edgy 1989 well, Bond. And well, Pierce Brosnan was originally supposed to be in those movies, but then he had a TV, he had a contract with um, Remington Steel, and they wouldn't let him out of it. Right. So then Timothy Dalton got to do it, and then some legal stuff happened, and that's why it was like six years between uh, License to Kill and Goldeneye. Right. And by that time, Timmy Dalton's like, I don't care anymore. I don't want to do it. See, I wonder if I would have a better... Um, enjoyment uh, i guess of, of james bond if i'd seen the uh, modern ones because as a group we have been watching them in chronological order release order we haven't um, done a while so yeah i mean it's been a while but i think we stopped at like a view to a kill yeah uh, we we have to start we have to the dalton ones next we stop at the end of more yeah, the dalton I, ones start- I have not even seen any of the roger moore movies i got to the end of connery and then I was like, oh, Daniel Craig's pretty cool. He had the longest <laughs> tenure as Bond. He did. Yeah, Roger Warren movies. Roger Warren movies get wacky, and by the end of it, he's like an old. He's visibly an old man. Yeah, because it's for a long. The time. first couple of them I don't like, and then I like um, like Moonraker and um, what's the other one? What's the other one I like? Um, I really liked Of You to a Kill. It's Moonraker, and then like I think the one before it, and then I don't like the like the last three. Yeah, of like for your eyes only is like one of the mo- one of the most dull movies I've ever watched. I actually forgot yeah. all of. I can't tell you anything about for your eyes only. There's there's a cool like down like downhill like chase scene in like a car. And then, I but don't. That's it. Is for is that the one? Where is for? What is for your eyes only about? They're like in like Furry the Alps only. or something. 
they're in the Alps. See, James There's, Bond movies, they love they love scuba diving. They love scuba. They love skiing. They love skiing. <laughs> they like boat chases. Every James well, Bond movie chases. is an excuse to take a vacation. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's it's you know it's nice. I like the older ones because I like I like the film stock of that time and the, I do the coloring well. process I do and well. I like to see what the world looked like then cuz I I'm very dazzled by a lot of the like a lot of like the the shots you get of the places he goes to. It feels really nice. Yeah, the, the Cassandra Peterson, Elvira, is in Diamonds Are Forever. Would. Absolutely. Well, sure. To this day. One of my favorite pinball machines. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Big shout out s- to the Elvira pinball machine. I want a Simpsons <laughs> pinball machine. They have several. They had one in a bar I used to go to, and then I think they got rid of it. That sucks. But, uh... I, I don't know, like, those movies, I feel like I don't have a strong connection to the character James Bond. I like... So many of them are not what you think they're going to be because the, I mean, Dr. No, I, I was legit like, like the first big dick action movie. And so Dr. No is, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't really understand it yet. And they didn't really understand, like there's scenes that's going do, 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 while he's like walking to the car. Yeah. They show every action. Yeah, the, everything he does gets the theme, but he's he, like it shows every part of a phone call, and like there's no, they don't keep anything brief, but like they, so they kind of figure as they go along. But like a lot of the like you know you think about a James Bond bad guy, and you think about like like a freak, like a really interesting freak that has a whole thing, and like usually they're barely in it, and they're just like a person. They're just kind of a foreign, a foreign man. Goldfinger is a great example where he's just kind of a pasty white guy that loves gambling. Yes, he gets he gets big ups for uh, you know the I expect you to die thing, and also like odd job kind of makes it. Yeah, but yeah, he's he is just a guy. Doctor No is cool. He has the hands, but like there's like two or three that have anything interesting about them. I mean, Rosa Klebb is a woman, so that that stands out. And I mean, like, Blofeld is the guy, but as they go along, like, they put all that work into Donald Pleasance in in uh, You Only Live Twice is like, you know, he looks like Dr. Evil. He's got the scar and he's got the big eyes mm-hmm. and he's like a little, he's like a little weirdo. And then... Well, he's kind of just a deranged guy. Like, yeah. And then he's Telly Salavas, who is still cool. But then, like, it just, he's just like a, he's just a British man. Yeah. Hello, Mr. Bond. I'm Which, I mean, to be frank, is terrifying. Absolutely. No, nothing scarier. <laughs> they put Christopher beans on Lee, toast in the worst Christopher way. Lee was a Bond villain, and the only thing anyone remembers about him is he has three nipples. Well, he, we, he, he has uh, a little... Dr. Triple Nipple. I remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> he has a little person sidekick, and he lives <laughs> on an island with a with a uh, a funny, like... A weird, like, kill cave. He has a, kill, he has a fun house thing. His, that, that movie is really funny because, like, okay... So there's an assassin. He has a golden gun. He charges a million dollars, but he always kills in one shot. Okay. He's after James Bond. All right. But then, like, he also, I think, wants to be, he wants to take over the world with a a laser beam that he can, he can do one-shot kills on airplanes <laughs> with. <laughs> but it's all, like, all of that is secondary. Like, the, like you have this, it's, it's like I said, like, these movies, they're figuring this stuff out that, like, looking at them now, you would do them so differently. You have a really good chance to, like, a really, like, a smaller, more personal thing of, like, what if, what if someone was after James Bond who was as good as James Bond? That's interesting. But no, he still has to be, like, kooky island-based maniac that's trying to build a laser beam. And it never really is just, like, 
it ends on like a like a shootout. That's cool. I like that one. Okay, the song the song's kind of ass, but I kind of like it for that. The uh, the man with the golden gun is a very funny little funny little song. And that's the funniest thing to me is he's the man with the golden gun, but gold is such a weak metal. I mean, it's so easily malleable. You don't want gunpowder running through that. You don't want a solid gold gun. If you fire it one time, it's going to, yeah, it's going to melt. Like uh, the man with the wrought iron gun is a lot more dangerous than that. The man with the 3D printed gun. (laughs) The man with the 3D printed firearm. Well, I mean, the man with the doohickey managed to kill Shinzo Abe. Uh, That's true. But uh, nothing more I powerful mean, than a doohickey. You say all this if you're in if you're if you're in Goldeneye. A man comes with a golden gun. You better watch yourself. If a man comes at me with a golden gun, I'm gonna kick him in the nuts. I mean, frankly, a man who has the money to spend on a golden gun has probably never pulled the trigger on an actual firearm. So yeah. I'm not scared in that fight. So is is Boromir the bad guy in Goldeneye? That's the one with Sean Bean, right? Do I? Sean Bean is the bad guy in Goldeneye, right? Uh, it's a Sean someone. Connery. T- plot twist. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Full circle. It's I, I believe you're correct. This is interesting what we're doing right now because I've been trying to talk him into doing a movie podcast for a while. It is me. Sean Bean. I was thinking he was Sean Penn for a minute. <laughs> Episode one was going to be James Bond. Well, sorry for segueing into that. Let me no, segue no, out. No, no, no. We're <laughs> so <laughs> since is Jesus is absent, I'd like to ask this question. Since Domino's would not rehire him with face tattoos, does that make him now canonically the Noid? You have he loves, to. but he loves pizza. He does love pizza, but the does the Noid not love no, pizza? No, the Noid doesn't like pizza. That's uh, okay. The Noid hates pizza and he ruins pizza for others. I yeah. missed that. Have part you ever of heard the, the story of why myth, myth the busted. Noid they get rid of the Noid? This no, you've never heard this story. I may have, this but I've also stories. done a lot of drugs, also like Jesus. Okay, so go ahead. So you know the Noid, right? I do. This weird rabbit creature who's annoying. I tend he to avoid pizza. him. You need to avoid him. There's this guy somewhere, I forget where, his name was John Noid. <laughs> already a bad sign. Already a bad sign. But he was a paranoid schizophrenic. And he thought <laughs> that the commercials were making fun of him. And like they were trying to like, like make people be against him. So he took a Domino's hostage with a gun until they got really annoyed. Well, good lord. And he he did. did avoid the noid. He did it. He was the noid. <laughs> he got the noid avoided. Yeah, no, he took it into his own hands. <laughs> so is he not then a hero? I don't know. He's a, he's a hero to Domino's customers because now we don't I wish someone would, like, get rid of Burger King commercials. I do as well. However, way that needs to be accomplished. I don't think I've seen the king himself in a commercial for a long time. No. Well, it's easy for me because I don't watch satellite television as I had a, to, well, you're not 60 well, years I yeah i am a millennial well i live in a house with satellite television and it's dreadful i would feel lucky though i don't know it's nice when you're in a hotel and you suck a normal tv <laughs> and it's you get to you get to live that like normal tv thing for a minute here's the thing there are so many really good apps for like Yoroku or whatever that you can watch basically just watch tv on i like there's you know there's the ones that's like here's every episode of golden girls Looping over and over again forever. And there's only so much 
that I can take a Betty White before I get sad and remember that she's no longer with right. us. Right, yeah. like there's the like the weird the channels that's just like like one show over and over again. I don't like that much, but there are some like you just watch like Cartoon Network and shit. It's like MTV is turned into only ridiculousness from the hours of seven p.m. to seven a.m. Ba- yeah, uh, Comedy Central is basically South Park mm. all night, but like, Super. I I hate. You're watching, you're watching those, and it's like commercial breaks. They don't have enough commercials to fill it, so you just have to watch the like same few the, commercials. The, the, yeah, but like the, like like your ad here. When I watch Pluto TV, like they never get the ad placements right. Yeah, they put yeah. them in the wrong breaks. Yeah. So I worked nights when I started at my current career, and I worked from six p.m. to six a.m. That sounds mm. badass. I watched a shitload. Of Married with Children, sure. which is a fantastic program that you could not make these days. So because they're I, all old. Well, because they're all old, of course. Katie, <laughs> but people, Katie Siegel, people cannot I handle would still put Christina it Applegate. Is that her name? Was it Christina Applegate or was the, it the uh, daughter? I think you're right, but I always get her confused with um, not Reese Witherspoon, but uh, Kristen Bell. I always get Kristen Bell and Christina Applegate confused. But that is a great show where you just have this guy who sells shoes, obviously has a closeted foot fetish that he's not willing to embrace. He scored four touchdowns in a game. He scored four touchdowns in one game when he was in high school and is ready to off himself at the drop of a hat. Right. What a hero. And they live in the weirdest looking house I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like a soundstage almost. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My brother is taken to watching the nanny a lot. I I was I can't stomach that woman. Oh, she's the prison the of SAG. You you oh, I'm thinking a super nanny. I'm sorry, no, the Fran British Drescher. Woman. What the hell? Uh, <laughs> I was gonna nanny. say like like, I'm you, sorry. like you wouldn't Fran Drescher. I wouldn't. It's the pitch of her voice. That's not her real voice. I don't care. Okay. He was in UHF. I've not actually seen UHF, despite having gifted you a poster. This this gentleman gave me a UHF poster that hangs in my living room. I had to clear a space so that it could be the main thing hanging in the room. I bought you a thing. Where is that hanging up? Where'd you buy? What what thing did you buy me? I bought you like a little Batman wood thing. That's somewhere. Oh, that's in my. That's in the closet. In all right. Not (laughs) all of us. Ask a real question, get a real answer. (laughs) I, I just moved. It's somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the closet. But uh not all of our posters and wall hangings have quite made it to the house. Yeah, yet. we get stuff at my parents' place, but UHF and Freddy Got Fingered occupy the same space in my mind. That's funny because you could not possibly be further from each other. Yeah, I've never seen either of them, but for some reason both of them live in the same space in you, my head. UHF is <laughs> actually funny. UHF is real funny. It's just a really you know, yeah. it's weird owl. You you can yeah. yeah, you can trust him. It's there's some really good bits. Freddy Got Fingered is like Tom Green. Dog Very shit. funny to me. And I know that Daddy would like some sausages. Daddy likes some sausages. It's like... I do like... That's the only bit I like in that movie. That's the only bit I know from that movie. Yeah, it's... Well, you, you, know. you would get a kick out of Freddy Got Fingered. Um, really, the, the, the joy of Freddy Got Fingered is when you, when, you, when you realize and accept that he was doing this on purpose and that in a way, like... The joke was on the studio for giving him money. Yeah. Well, it's, it's in the same vein as the Tom Green show, 
which was, I think, out of its time. Well, it's, it was. Yeah. It's Tom something Green's that came, a very like legitimately respected comedian. He is, and has fallen out of that in past decades. But Fred, I feel like the Tom Green show, not Freddie Got Fingered, uh, was one of those things where now you have the Eric Andre show occupying that same space, right? Which is like not tongue in cheek funny. It's just funny. And right. everybody gets the joke, but nobody got the joke of the Tom Green show in that right. time. There well, were... he invented the whole, like, being weird in public with, like, hidden <laughs> cameras thing, didn't he? I have no idea. Well, that was Candid Camera. Oh. From, like, 60 years ago. Oh, none, okay. none of us were born in the right time to be talking about this. No. <laughs> I feel like if I was born in, like, 1983, I would, I could, I would be dominant. That's possible. I would know so, many, I would know but... so much cool stuff. But, but as it stands, you're a subby bitch boy. Yeah. Okay. That's what. S- it- <laughs> nothing good gets made anymore. Speaking We're at of, the end of human civilization. <laughs> Speaking of dominance in ordered okay. time periods, mm-hmm. I would like to assert my dominance mm-hmm. over Kurt Cobain now that I am 28 years old and have not yet offed myself. <laughs> have you thought about it? I've thought about it many times, but now I can't because the glory is not there. You I'm not going to be the 27 Club, the White Lighter, the Janis Joplin, the Jimmy. There's Hendrix. nothing sexy about killing yourself after 30. There's nothing sexy you're about killing yourself fa- You're also not famous. Arguable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Charlie, you, this is your last day of the uh, your your potential application to the 27 Club. Are you are you feeling okay about it? Okay, baby. <laughs> All right. I've got well, a gun in my car. No. I am let's, taking Jesus' place on this episode, so I do have a loaded firearm in my car. Let's do it on the pod. Let's, no, I, I, I rescind my, my question about how you're feeling about... I don't want this in upon like one of those weird YouTubers like lost media, like <laughs> audio of podcast hosts killing themselves. Those are so weird. Number 18. Because they're like, they're like, they act like, you know... News footage of like that lady like killing herself, yeah, live on TV is as about as creepy as like lost SpongeBob pilot. <laughs> well, see, I I love the era that we've grown up in because I am a huge purveyor of YouTube culture. YouTube. Mm-hmm. So from my you know early teenage years, I've been watching like the same rotating cast of characters go into you know have hooking ups, falling out, right. James Getting Rolf. together, James, James Rolf, Grumps, the <laughs> Grumps, the titular Grumps, uh, the, the old Grumps, the two best friends that were actually four best friends, but mm-hmm. now they're only two best friends again. But yeah. are they even really friends? Right. Um, I think it's hilarious, you know, all this hidden internet culture, and then you just like walk out on the street. And you're not on the internet it's anymore. It's kind of uncomfortable know, how much Technology. we know about some of these people's I, lives. Yeah, I I feel like every other week it's like, like ep, like dude, Epic Otaku runs a puppy mill out of his garage, and you're like, Jacqueline, who is Epic Otaku? Like <laughs> a young person, explain to me what's going on. But I I learned like, like I here's found my some thing. Stuff like Ding Dong and Julian that I like. I hate engaging all that stuff, but like. Like sometimes you find it about like if there are YouTubers you really care about and you find about the like the drama and stuff it can make you feel really bad like the fucking the super mega guys I was fucked a, over I was dong. about to bring that up so the super mega guys evidently there's some third guy that I've never heard about Look, that's I'm always not, it too it's never yeah, them it's, it's always never them. like 
it's always like their friend, like Pedro or whatever, that like right. you never see, but all of the fans are like, no, Pedro. But, and that's the most interesting thing is the parasocial aspect to it, mm-hmm. which I'm not going to lie, listening to this podcast, having known you guys you, for you X know us years, in real life. Yeah. That, and that's exactly it. But for the past 10 to 12 years, I've been listening to like minimum three hours of a podcast every week from the mm-hmm. same group of people right. who have broken up reformed and still continued going and i feel like i know them like any of my own friends so Mm -hmm. beginning to listen to mogwamps episode 11 of the podcast which i'm now on Mm -hmm. and i just know you guys but i still have this parasocial attachment watching super mega implode from whatever the drama is i truly haven't even looked into it right but i uh you know reddit recently did away with third-party apps so I had to download the official Reddit app and have right. forgotten my password for my account so I can't get in. And Super Mega <laughs> is one of the subreddits that keeps getting recommended to me. And it's all this despicable, disgusting content from these people who are probably a decade or more younger than me who just cannot even stomach the fact that these are real people and not gods right. purveying this media. Right, mm-hmm. And they're all like, I can't believe that, you know, I just want, uh, I can't even remember his name, Matt, and I just want Ryan to be okay. He's such a good guy. Matt can burn in hell. Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's disgusting. And I, now being on a podcast, don't want people to feel like that about me. Right. No, that's, uh, I do not want any, like, sizable fan base at all. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Don't be a fan of Mugwalks. Do not. Don't do it. <laughs> Unsubscribe, Unsubscribe now. Unsubscribe to Apple Podcasts. I uh, forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Somebody primp for a minute. Oh, speaking of YouTube, there's this new trend on YouTube. You're talking about how you just want to watch television. People will just upload like, here's what Adult Swim was doing. From this, 1999 to 2000. Like, no, like, no, like what they were doing on like April 14th. 2002 when it's just like a five hour like oh it's just the, yeah it's, yeah no that's nice like, i was gonna say i i i don't get that way with a lot of people there are some podcasts and stuff like i feel a little bit too close to paul f tompkins and scott way more than I we should. can get paul yeah. f tompkins on this podcast oh God, if we try hard enough that'd be a dream but um paul f tompkins pussy if you don't mugwomps episode <laughs> 12 i will say that I I feel proud of Psychic Pebbles for getting Smiling Friends made. I do too. Because I've been following him since way back. Since the Newgrounds. Yeah, days. him and all those guys. Like, I feel like, you know, started at the bottom, now we're here. Yeah, him, Never Oni, spoken to Stamper, him. Rice Pirate. All those guys, yeah. All the, you know, Sleepy Cabin dudes. Yeah. They like, actually made it. And, and, like, not just made it, but, like, it's, like, the biggest thing since Rick and Morty. Yeah. Like, Smiling Friends is huge huge and it's genuinely funny i, was, I mean you know, it's I, not I was, I was like i like him but i was like i was kind of like you know is this you know gonna be that good or not i was surprised by how like how much i enjoyed it mm-hmm. yeah and that's you know like stamper tv uh shout out a person i never want to smell but would love to meet <laughs> please come on the show please come on the show <laughs> stamper tv episode 12 mogwamps featuring stamper tv you did the funny thor video <laughs> and with Paul the pest and Paul F. Tompkins. We'll get what on a, the same a, time. A real, a real meeting of the minds. <laughs> I feel like Paul F. Tompkins smells great. He, I oh, feel like yeah. he Definitely. smells wonderful, yeah. 
He's very he's dapper. The, he's the mayor of podcasting. <laughs> it's disappointing when you when you actually see a real mayor and they're not dressed like that. Yeah. What does the mayor of a small town even do? Uh, usually get arrested for embezzling. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been going a yeah. lot lately. But like use, when use I was a, a child, my idea of a mayor, they would go around to like all the businesses in town and be like, is it, is, "This looks like it's on the up and up." Yeah, they'd I be mean, cutting ribbons all over the place. Right. <laughs> I have been to exactly one ribbon cutting ceremony. It was the coldest morning oh, of our entire the fucking coldest lives. morning of our entire lives. We you were, were in the marching band <laughs> for our local school, who came out to support the opening of the local new fast food restaurant because <laughs> they gave us a bunch of money and free was food. Was it even that much money though? They gave us Probably some they gave us an like amount of money. Chain, you could like, eat like kings here for that amount of money. I got free breakfast. Yeah, and that's all that really matters. Right. But at the same time, I sat two booths away from the mayor and his cronies with Ooh. one of my black friends sitting, eating pancakes, chicken biscuit, whatever we decided to get off the menu for free. Right. I ordered probably $30 worth of food and took a bunch to go because <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to have to pay for it. Smart. Right. But we're sitting there and eating our breakfast, and then we hear one of the mayor's cronies go, I'm really glad none of the blacks showed up to ruin this. And my friend oh my just God. looks up at me wide-eyed, and I'm like, I heard it too. <laughs> But we're 15, 16. What are we going to do about this? Jesus. Right. And yeah. that's what a mayor really looks like is a scumbag. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we do have probably the worst mayor. Like, I'll, you know, say that on, on air. Um, just a genuinely horrible guy. He's um, almost out. Uh, fingers crossed. He's I'm, almost out. I'm praying to whoever yeah. will listen to me. Up caught, up, caught up with him. Mm-hmm. But, he's uh, almost out. Like he's really like letting the cat out of the bag. He's that he in, does he's love men. He's in genuine legal trouble, and I, I <laughs> oh, believe I'm he cannot. Sorry, I believe he cannot be mayor anymore. Wrong like, context. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, outlook. No, that's funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get it. You. No, I get it. That's. that's you know the the no sell is I feel like what really sells my comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I was so Your willingness to sandbag any bit. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a. There was this weird article a couple days ago that was like, is Martin Short actually funny or just really annoying? And obviously made everyone mad, which is the point. <laughs> the point of articles to say is to make you real mad so you post it around. But like, everyone's been posting like really funny Martin Short bits, of which there are many. But a lot. There was one today that was like, Oh, it's all it's he he was a character. What's the what's the guy that did interviews called? Jimmy Jimmy Glick. Jimmy Glick. Jimmy he Glick. just was a, a he did interviews and he was just like funny and kind of antagonist. I don't know. Was that SNL? I don't think I don't it think was. So, but like kind of funny and antagonistic to like who he's interviewing. Like he did a real good like Steven Spielberg one where he's like, So you want an Oscar? Or why? <laughs> and he's like, you know, I, I'm just waiting for you to do the big one. You know, the one that really clicks with audiences. Because I think you're good. But he did. I saw a clip of like of him and Alec Baldwin and Alec like he's basically asking if Alec Baldwin slept with Gina Davis and like just runs to all the every actress and then like um like the the senator of California Diane and stuff Feinstein. like like but yeah Feinstein <laughs> but Alec Baldwin is completely one hundred percent turns around and is like yeah 
He's like, she wanted to watch, like, has all these little stories and anecdotes about fucking these actresses and everything, and it's really funny, and completely turns it around, like, it has him laughing, (laughs) and it sucks that Alec Baldwin is, like, kind of a piece of shit, because Alec Baldwin is maybe one of the best, like, straight men. He was great on 30 Rock. He was great on 30 Rock. I need to watch that. He was great on Thomas and the Magic Railroad. (laughs) He was great in The Shadow. Yeah. He was The Shadow. The Shadow The titular Shadow. He was he was great in Glen Gary Glen Ross. That's one I have not seen. I've heard that as like a great writer's favorite movie. Yeah, and I do like to consider myself a writer, but I right. have not seen that movie. Well, coffee is for closers. That coffee is the, is, that for is closers. the only thing I know. I, my um. uh, my knowledge of Glen Gary Glen Ross is that sketch SNL did where it's like Santa's workshop. Yes. Where he says cookies are for closers. Yes. <laughs> no, right. that, you're thinking of the Boss Baby. No, no, I'm not. He also says cookies are for closers in the Boss Baby. Well, does he, he also not? says it in the. Does in he the, not? I don't know. It's what, strange that that movie is like. What if Alec Baldwin's character in an adult like office drama from 1991 was the, the was lead a, of a children's was a film? Baby? Yeah, yeah. It's it really is like. Um, I've watched so much 30 Rock, but his name in 30 Rock is totally escaping me. Jack? Jack Donaghy. Yes. Was a baby. It's funny <laughs> that Alec Baldwin is the only, like, the only actor in Beetlejuice who just, like, didn't get it. He didn't, he didn't really like doing Beetlejuice because he didn't understand it. Really? And, like, that, like, that makes perfect sense for Alec Baldwin out of all of yeah. those people. Yeah. He has too many brothers. You know, the daylight come and me won't go home. Won't go. It sucks that Alec Baldwin shot that person. It really does yeah. suck that Alec Baldwin shot that person. That was a funny thing with like all the like, oh, so these Hollywood liberals want to try to take our guns away, but then they'll shoot someone in cold blood on a set. Like, I don't think he wanted to. No, I truly don't <laughs> think he wanted to. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't mean to. You know, and that really is a shame for the craft. Mm-hmm. It it makes you want to be like, oh, well, was it a work? You know, mm. is this a conspiracy? Was that live ammo? What? The armor master. It's crazy. I. It's like they were. Why shooting, was there a loaded fucking gun on set? So, yeah. If there's a loaded gun that should be anywhere, well, it I'm should sorry. be pressed to my temple. Well, I mean, like you know about this, so you talk. I don't know that much about it. I know that you shouldn't use live ammo on a movie set. That's what I'm saying. But they were like, I think, yeah, they were shooting live ammo like at like beer cans on the set lord with the guns Jesus. and i'm pretty sure like i think like what it is is like when you do like an insert shot of like you know a close-up of like the chamber spinning right you see the like the bullets in the chamber right when i that's real ammo ah which like it's a movie you don't have to do that right but like well we- you're supposed to take it out and you're supposed to put blanks in it well, was this... This so, isn't like a crow situation. Well, the crow also was a big fuck up. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that one. Well, they they killed Brandon Lee. But yeah. Well, that I was... haven't seen the crow, but he was the crow, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 Yes. He, he got shot and killed famously like, on the side like, of the crow. It, like a Damn. blank got stuck in the barrel and yep. no one knew about it, and then it got pushed out by another one of them and mm-hmm. killed him. Oh, so it ejected yes. the casing yeah. as a projectile. Yes. That's you know, nuts. Yeah, when, like uh, fucking... One that's once there, in a lifetime. Just don't mm-hmm. even. I don't even think we need to use blanks anymore. It's yeah, so, just oh, yeah. and especially with the onset of special effects we have. But it's so funny to me hearing stories like this, and then remembering my eighth grade year in my last year of middle school, where I ran a 
whole season of track out of spite because I started and I was too stubborn to quit. Right. And the coach shot my friend with a starting pistol, <laughs> which you would think just makes the sound, right? Yeah. But no, something has to combust to make that sound. Right. And he pointed it at his leg <laughs> at like point blank and pulled the trigger and made to be, him to bleed. Be funny or like Yeah. Because we, he thought it was called pew and so, scare him. So the story with this is that w- that coach was also the football coach. Right. He coached track because we went to a small school. And as mentioned before, if you get if you can coach one thing, they'll make you coach anything at right. a small school because there's only so many faculty to draw on. Right. So he was already a million years old, hated what he was doing. It was coach Bubba Booey. And <laughs> He, I mean, literally, point blank, held the starting pistol to my friend's leg because we were not on the football team running track. We were the band kids who needed another elective and fucking drew blood from him (laughs) from that because it is an actual firearm firing a a shell without a projectile, which still causes shrapnel. I know what the answer is probably is, but did he face any consequences for that at all? In that moment, absolutely none. Because it Jesus. never made it outside that practice. Because we just ran on and said, oh, I can't believe that guy did that. This coach <laughs> got in trouble because he um, told, told the black, his black players to eat off the floor like a dog. Yeah. Or, that I, he did get in trouble for, I think. That yeah. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. But from what I heard, it was more of like, well, your kind has to eat outside. And it was said as a joke, but that's not funny. He was no. being he was being playful in the only way that this kind of person knows how. Yeah. So many, by the way, I I loved him as a PE teacher because he didn't give a shit. He didn't give a shit about I, anything. I, like it was like I was supposed we would, to be walking. We played like Magic walk. the Gathering. Yeah, exactly. Like you you get to hang out for an hour every day. It was awesome. Yeah. They had an Xbox in the the field house. And they stuff. had an Xbox in the field house. We yeah. never we never took advantage of that. But yeah. there were all these like girls in my grade that would just hang out around him the whole time. It was really weird. I never understood that. No, I don't know. It's like he like he had girls just hanging off him like <laughs> underage girls in my grade. But like this this he was like a like an eighty year old bulldog of a man. Like literally the jowls of a bulldog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he ran off so many people because he was impossible to work with. Yeah. Uh, I, there was a a student te- did somebody do their student teaching there, but was was kind of set up to be a coach. Left and and like got ran off by coach. Baba Booey, such a pain in the ass. Okay, he probably won't hear anything. Yeah, and oh. if he if he can, he's too drunk to remember it. Sure, <laughs> Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Uh, it it was a funny, um, chemistry between the underage high school girls. That we went to school with, some excluded. Not all of them were like this, but like the cheerleader crowd, you know, mm-hmm. the quote unquote popular, this, that, the other kind of girls right. that just gravitated towards older men. And yeah. you look at some of the peers that we graduated with around our our age group, and a lot of them actually married twenty to thirty years ahead of their age. W- women yeah. love older men. By and large, cannot understand it. I think mm. I think I get it. I think it's, you know, you're a young guy. True. You, you can admit that many of many of your fellows are, are rabid fucking animals. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think myself that, included. I, right, exactly. I think some girls like older men. A guy, a guy can age very gracefully. 
True. Just naturally, which women can too. I mean, older women yeah. are beautiful, but like anybody could. But I women, mean, like, women rest in peace, Betty White. Women aren't really <laughs> shitty about older guys the way that like men are shitty about older women a lot of the time. Unfairly, but like, I think it's just a maturity thing. Like someone who kind of knows what they're about and isn't gonna be like a rabid fucking. Animal, which a lot of those older guys are are fucking hogs. But yeah. <laughs> There is an idea it's there. <laughs> it's just different. George Clooney. George Clooney. And women have weird relationships with their fathers. True. And they want like an older mentor, male figure, you know. Well, I the the thing that I get the big kick out of is the young girl more often than not that marries the older man is like the ch- uh, cheerleader group, you know, mm-hmm. preppy, younger, pretty grasping for a word here i don't want to say breedable you were a nerd in high school i was going to say breedable i was a nerd in high school Um, (laughs) this is why all this is coming out yeah but Mm -hmm. when you look at the young men that get with older women it's typically like the sweatpants wearing pill popping scumbags right Mm -hmm. i don't get that dynamic i don't understand I think maybe older women like it's it's the opposite thing. I think older women kind of want a younger guy to take care of sometimes. Yeah, yeah. They Which, they they want to flex those maternal hit me up proclivities. <laughs> yeah. Well, what a non sequitur this has been. I'd like to segue into my next topic, which okay. is the end of the episode. Okay. 